you're listening to You Should Read This, a podcast uh, where we talk about comic books, graphic novels, and discuss them. My name is Ryan. And I'm Alan. Uh, today we are reading, or we are discussing, uh, the first volume of Battle Angel Alita. It's very timely. We're only a month and a half late, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's fine. That's normal. Uh, we feel like we're going to get around to reading this anyway. Yeah. Eh, I feel like it's still relevant. I mean, the movie... Did just come out. It's not even. I can't even watch it at home yet legally. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. If it's not on Netflix, it doesn't count as uh, old. Right. Perfect. Or if uh, it's not on, at least on DVD, <laughs> which they crank out. You know, Do three months after. Are DVDs still a thing? I see them at the grocery store, so I'm assuming. So. I guess so. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I think that we we're gonna read this regardless. Because the other thing that we were gonna read this week was it was. We were going to read Appleseed. Yeah, we were going to read some, some cyberpunk manga. We figured, let's at least read the one that had a movie that came out recently. <laughs> um, yeah, but I'm glad we did. Um, that being said, let's do... Uh, what, who wrote this? Sure, the manga ka uh, is Yukito Kishiro. Who did a bunch, a bunch of other books. Um, and I was looking through some of the things that he'd done. Uh, most recently, he did like follow-ups to Battle Angel Alita. Yeah, there's been a, several of them, right? Oh, uh, there's there's four total, I think. Um, but the last two ran from, uh, I want to say, 2014 to present is the one that's currently running now. Okay, is which that is, uh, last it's, order? It's like, no, uh, it's the one after that. It's Mars. Uh, oh, okay. something. Yeah, uh, but it, it's basically he went back and did this. He also did some other stuff, but um, this is, I think, now that this movie is sort of in the in the cultural zeitgeist at this point because of, you know, those eyes. Yep. But I have things to say about those eyes. We, I'll say them later. I do. Um, but yeah, it's just him, and he created this uh, back in the, like, this was 93, right? Yeah, I think so. So that was like early 90s. I feel like we've talked about, you know, early 90s anime and manga before on a different episode. One that was where it wasn't completely relevant, but we did anyway. Because we like it. No, we talked about it when we talked about Akira. It's pretty relevant. Oh, uh, yeah, that was pretty relevant. Although Akira is um, more like late, like early 80s manga and then late 80s yeah. anime. True. It uh, definitely was spaced out. We should also, we should also just real quick before we get into it too much. Uh, translation by Stephen Paul, lettering by Scott Brown in the edition that we read, oh, uh, yeah. which is the current digital edition from Kodansha. Yeah, Kodansha. Yeah, who has the license in the U.S. Uh, what else came up with Kodansha? Oh, I've been, um, uh, Jen and I got caught up on um, an anime called Fairy Tale, which uh, apparently s- switched uh, companies because they have Kodansha on them now. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. I'm like, oh, hey, I know that. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, it was weird to me. I was looking at the translation notes of this book. It's not called anything close to Battle Angel Alita in Japan. Right. It's weird. It's called Ganmu? Ganmu. Hepburn colon Ganmu, which literally means gun dream. Yeah. And the protagonist's name is not Alita. It's Gali. That I didn't know. Yeah. That's weird. Why would they? Okay. What's Alita then? Because that somebody was just like, oh, let's call it this. <sighs> some executive, some American executive somewhere was like, ah, you know, doesn't sound Japanese enough. Let's call it Alita. There you go. It sounds like, uh, I don't know. And now, and now, like half the animes I watch all have German names in them. <laughs> I, I, I almost bet you that it was like, oh, I was at a Japanese restaurant. They had a beer. It's called a Bita. Like, well, we can't just use that. 
I don't know, change that B around. Uh, you know, and then they came sure. up with Alita. That makes sense. Why not? Sure. Sure. America. I mean, it's just as, changing things they don't need to. It's as close as I mean, it, it could be worse. They could have, they could have pulled a you know Robotech. That's true. Where they completely just rewrite it, or like Power Rangers for that matter. Yeah, exactly. Which we've also talked about. Okay, so we're getting down the same path. Let's you talk may about have the found book. listeners that we like talking about the history of manga and anime in the United States. I don't know. Yeah, it's almost like we're two uh, nerdy white dudes in their early 30s. What? I'm in my late 30s. No way. Oh, well. Mid. Um, mid 30s. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go with early 30s because I like to feel young. Well, yeah, because you're a technically, child. Well, all right. Let's nah, I'm just kidding. take it back now, okay, partner. Okay. Take it back now, y'all. Dude, okay. <laughs> That's how white I am. I almost continued singing the cha-cha, whatever it is. <laughs> the cha-cha slide. Yeah, that's, that's one thing that jumped through my mind. Hey, you should finish that. No. All right, um, let's do uh, elevator pitches. What do you got? Oh, boy. Um, this guy finds a old robot brain in, in the junk pile in which he lives, and then scrounges up a robot body for her and she becomes a bounty hunter that's not bad i like that i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with um uh let's do post-apocalyptic future where a giant scrapyard a guy finds a brain of an old robot which he rebuilds and then makes to be his new robot daughter and then there's a sort of parent teenager um relationship there and she decides she wants to be a bounty hunter just like him oh and we both forgot to mention invincible super robot body that she finds okay so let's let's jump into that then <laughs> yeah i feel like it was a long elevator ride this was like a, a big big elevator situation okay well this is off the top of my head clearly i would have this practiced because I have to corner the executive I'm trying to give this pitch oh, to. Goodness. Well, just, just find James Cameron. <laughs> uh, i got to track him down. Um, all right, so speaking of which, th- I want to start off by saying that this book, I think, surprised me in a lot of ways. Like, um, number one, I think that the art felt more like what I'm used to in a post-2000s anime world than I thought it would. Um, and secondly... I think that the the turn the story turns feel a little more modern than I thought they would. Okay. So you expected this to feel dated and it felt less dated. It felt less dated. There was definitely like sometimes where you look at it and it, it looks like it was drawn in the 90s and I I think we've talked about that before but um but yeah, I I definitely so I get with the movie, right? With the eyes, but I get it, I think from reading this. Because the eyes are like such a specific character design choice for her. And I think that in the movie, they're really trying to not lose that part of the character. Because if, I mean, it still looks weird. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to say like that was a, a brilliant conceptual option that they picked. But I think that when you're reading it and you're looking at her face, like her face is, her face is pictured so... Um, often, like in a single panel, like sort of like a, you know, like a full like close-up shot, um, that those eyes constantly stand out because they're overly detailed. 
And I think that's kind of what that movie was going for there, too. But it works. It's funny opinion. because, like, anime now, everybody's got eyes that look, or manga now, everybody's got <laughs> eyes that look like that. Yeah. But in this book, she is, her eyes are drawn distinctly differently than everybody else's. Right. Like, it's supposed to be, I don't know if it's supposed to just set her apart from everyone else or supposed to hint that she has, like, something deeper down than everyone, or maybe it's just supposed to make her look more appealing physically. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, but it's definitely, like, a specific design choice. So it's, it, it just kind of edges towards Uncanny Valley in the bits of the movie that I've seen. Yeah, but I heard that they went back and they dialed it back a bit, too. So in the beginning, like, in the first trailers that they tested on people, they were even bigger. I really want to see the movie, but clearly not enough to go pay for it. Well, then let's go see it when it shows up in, like, a dollar theater somewhere. Perfect. Or Netflix. Or Netflix, I guess, because it will be there eventually. Right? Everything eventually shows up on Netflix. Uh, The other thing that I was really perturbed about was the amount of like gross violence that's what made it feel 90s to me uh yeah like people getting their spines pulled out and eating their brains and stuff i was not at i was not expecting that at all yeah same i knew there would be violence i didn't think it would be like uh, <laughs> like uh um um uh shoot the horror the horror uh, genre of anime yeah um you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's very graphic. I didn't think and, there'd be so much blood and guts. But that, I think, is the thing that made it feel more dated to me than anything else. Um, I don't know why. I just always associate 90s era comics and manga with just being overly violent and gross. Yeah. I, what was, I, was, I think I was reading somewhere, uh, and maybe we've talked about it on here, a theory that, like, the only stuff that got translated was by people who were, or the only stuff that got like brought over to the United States um, and translated was by people who were like real into it and couldn't find the equivalent in the United States. So at first it was mostly either the stuff that was just over the top, insanely violent with no equivalent here, just like a hundred percent punching um, or the stuff that had like weird sexual stuff. And and because people were passionate about those things, that's the stuff that got brought over. And like Prince of Tennis didn't because everybody's like, well, it's just you know, it's just tennis. It's not like a big deal. I'm not gonna devote a bunch of my hours in my life to to figure out how I could read this in the United States. And then once the market opened up, then the like less over the top ridiculous manga started getting translated. But people had already in the United States had already sort of, oh, I've seen this stuff. It's always gross or extremely violent. Yeah, and I was talking about that, I think, a couple of episodes ago. It was it was that, and it was also the fact that it was a weird lineup between what America could import and what Japanese could export. Like, it was literally about, like, uh, morality clauses and, and trade goods kind of thing. And there was just this weird lineup where that was kind of the only thing they could really bring over for copyright reasons or, or um, whatever. I'm going to... At some point, I'm going to actually be super informed on this, but that's the general reason. But I also think that, yeah, general interest of it um, being brought over and then people getting into it, it was definitely a weird, I want to say subculture. I'm not sure that's 100% right. Yeah, no, I mean, I think for a time it was. I feel like there's got to be a manga that's the manga history of manga in the United States. Oh, yeah, for sure. And if not... Let's go. Like there, there has to be now. Let's right? do it in 2019, where literally all the Western things that are being made right now have manga influence in them. It's true. It's really, really true. 
Um, okay, so let's talk about uh, just the general arc, I think, of this story, because I didn't see any motorball in this volume. Motorball? Right? That's the whole thing that the movie was like. I'm sorry, I'm basing this a lot off what I saw in the movie, but to Did be fair, it's kind of my only... No, I didn't. Oh, okay. I'm talking about the trailer. Yeah. Oh, um, right, like the different various enemies. Because I thought this whole thing was about some weird post-apocalyptic like sport that you played, you know, sort of like um, Running Man or uh, you know Death Ball of some kind. What? Really? I didn't. Yeah. Get that vibe at all from the trailer? I thought it was going to be like my what I was expecting was, you know, backstory, backstory dump. What I wanted is the the answers to the questions of where did she come from? Where did this super killer robot body come from and why and i don't think we get them a hundred percent in this book i don't think it's going to go any deeper than hey i found an alien spacecraft that happened to have an old exosuit in it nah man i feel like that's a setup for the aliens coming oh they're gonna be aliens and then (laughs) she has to she's the only one who can who can stop them wait are there actually aliens are you just like guessing at this no i have no idea Oh, okay. I mean, like, I, f- I feel like maybe it's just, you know, from somebody who's watched a lot of X-Files and stuff, that, like, that makes sense. there would be, you know, there would be a, a the small arcs where she gets better and better as a uh, as a bounty hunter, and then eventually she is called upon to save the world because everybody knows that any manga or any comic book really eventually has to have the stakes be everything. Right. And then they turn out to have some sort of magic built-in ability that we never knew about that is means they're the key to stopping the apocalypse that makes a ton of sense and i wish that i would get here's the other thing is manga from the 90s usually doesn't play the long game as far as i can tell and so had this been something that came out like in the last couple years i'd say oh yeah for sure they're to come back and probably retcon it in somewhere you know if they absolutely had to if it wasn't already planned out um, but I think part of me just wants to look at this and be like, oh, well, for a 90s manga, they just really want to get that train moving. It's a pretty convenient way to, you know, grab a, a, a alien exosuit, but it works and nobody really has to ask questions because apparently it was three centuries ago. Yeah. I mean, I'm just falling back on like standard tropes. Yeah. I don't think it actually does that. Well, you know, if it did then it happened in a later volume because they don't tell you in this one. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, so let's talk about this volume. So at the beginning, uh, she gets found by this guy. Right, apparently just randomly, and she's just a head. Yeah, and he's like, oh, this this head's still alive. Or is that what it is? Or is it sort of like, I recognize this model, and this is like a high-end model? Because that's kind of what I got out of it. Uh, okay, yeah, that makes more sense. Or it's just like, this robot, cute. Yeah. Also, this robot real cute. Yeah. It's kind of mad it's kind cute. of a she mad cute. She has a cute face. Yeah. Well, yeah. He's just like, oh, haha, no way! I can't even believe it. Is that really? It's like, oh, she's a, she's a robot. She's like three hundred years old. Right, and that's kind of what I was thinking. I'm like, this must be like a super special model or like a type of android that already exists or like that nobody else has something weird like that but they also don't explain that in this first volume and i guess she's a ninja so at some point she was because 
even when she gets the new body, it's also unclear whether or not the body is telling her to do these things or it's yeah. in her brain already. Well, no, she can do it before she gets the, like, super killer body. Oh, yeah, because she does the the Panzer Kunst, which is the weirdest name for a martial art I've ever heard. It It is, but... Yeah, it is. Uh, I got nothing on that. <laughs> I don't. I don't. What does Panzerkust mean? Uh, Panzer usually means like tank. Well, no, the tank was named after. I'm gonna hold on. You're gonna hear my clack clack because I gotta look this up. All right. Clickety clack, clickety clack. Panzer means um, Panzer, a German armored vehicle, especially a tank. No way. Did they invent that word specifically for the tank? Yeah. Yeah, they did. All right. Well. I read the most insane tidbit, by the way, today. Speaking of language and the nature of I'm also going to look up Kunst. Go ahead. Uh, the history of the word bear okay. uh, is is because there was another word that was the actual name for bear. And then people somewhere, I want to say Russia, but I could be wrong, uh, were like, we don't actually want to say the word bear in case it actually summons them. <laughs> so we're just going to call them. We're just gonna call them that brown thing, and that's where the word Bruin came from, which means brown. No, and no then way. bear evolved from Bruin, and we have lost the actual name that people used to call bears. I want that name back. But I, but but do you? Because it might summon a bear. I don't think it's gonna summon bears. Um, if anything, we just have a really cool word for bear. Uh, and the tweet I saw was like, "Bear was the original Voldemort." Oh, gosh, it's really funny. I love etymology so much. Speaking of etymology, Kunst is a German word literally meaning art or knowledge or skill. Oh, okay. So it's tank art. So it's basically battle fighting. This is the art of battle. <laughs> tank art? Wait, I know how to tank. All right. Well, just need a healer and a DPS. We'll be good to go. What's that uh, What's that, that, that artist who like does the like bright pink tank and puts it on places? It's a... The bright pink tank? Yeah, man. I don't know. I'm assuming that's Tank Girl. Nah, nah. It's like uh, it's like some like Cerny. He's like a like a Hungarian conceptual artist. He paints he paints pink tanks bright pink and leaves them on like the doorstep of governors or whatever. I'm gonna say C C I E. Nah, I think it's C E R N Y with a bunch of accents in weird places. Cerny. Amanda Cerny. Nope. I don't even know who that is. I'm also going to put pink tank. I don't know. We don't have to do this right now. Uh, no, so gonna... so the guy who says his name is Ido. Ido. Mm-hmm. And at Ido. first I was concerned that he was a creep show. And I he think, definitely seemed a little weird. And, and I think little... in the book they kind of do that on purpose. They're kind of messing with you. I don't. He has the He has the innocent face for sure. And we're talking about art in a little bit. But I think that. Um, artistically they were telegraphing in like a innocent face and then that's why when he becomes like you think he's a serial killer it's like oh gosh either i it was definitely one of those like oh i saw this coming but then wait they spin it one more time i thought that that was really clever i i was like oh yeah obviously it's this guy and it's like no it's this weird bird lady and it's like wait what really yeah, i i right? almost thought like oh they're messing with us it, it is really this dude and i was surprised yeah it was uh definitely a little strange um well maybe not strange no maybe not a little maybe not strange per se i think it was cuz i've seen i've seen turns like that before it's not necessarily a trope but it's not also it's also not like um you know a huge 
what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it's not a huge surprise. It's like, oh, you think he's a bad guy? Surprise, he's actually a good guy. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's a pretty standard. But like, even at first, like the whole like until that point, up until that point, it had seemed like, man, this guy's like, this is weird. Like, who finds a robot and is like, oh, now you're my daughter? It's like, okay, weirdo. Like, come on. Yeah, seriously. He's like, oh, you're so beautiful. I give you these beautiful arms to match your beautiful eyes. Like, come on. It definitely gets a little creepy there. And I definitely expected, another thing I expected out of a 90s book was a a lot more, like, creepy fan service. Yes. I I mean, (laughs) I said that so emphatically. It's not like I was like, oh, man, there's no creepy fan service. Yeah, there's no creepy fan service. I was pleased about that, but I, I was also, I was pleasantly surprised. Same. Yeah. Uh, I definitely was like, oh, okay, I could see a couple. There, there's definitely more than more than uh, a few points where it could have gotten a lot worse, or at the very least, it could have been more graphic than it was. Because you know, see dudes getting their heads popped off like soda bottles. Uh, but honestly, not a lot of like TNA in this one. Besides that, like picture of her halfway built at the very beginning of the book. Yeah, but that's more like, I mean, if you're really into blueprints, sure. It's I just imagine I just imagine Bender, like Bender yeah. holding up a circuit diagram, like oh, you can see all of her circuits. Oh, <laughs> uh, old Fortran. Um, <laughs> also, Edo. Speaking of Edo, his like rocket hammer, yeah, is the coolest weapon. It's pretty. It is it's so pretty awesome. cool. I want it's definitely... more characters with that. I want to play some uh like cyberpunk rpg where that's my character's weapon sure we can make that happen in D if you want somehow nah now nah, it'd have to be a <laughs> world where everybody's got you know like lasers and stuff i'm cool with that too i can make that happen um i'm still i'm flipping through these pages and i'm, I'm looking at the deck man deck deck men oh yeah the is... weird uh those weird guys and they and then they explain it at the end there's like a couple of pages that are like, oh, let's explain this weird thing that we thought you thought you'd never have to think about ever again. It's just it's like um, like this version, this manga's version of Cybermen from Doctor Who. Yeah, basically, but they're like charming and they just they do it voluntarily. Like, oh, are I, they uh, charming? I can't tell if they're charming or like slightly evil. I guess they're charming. Yeah, they're they're both. They're weird and you know okay. I guess that's cute. I mean, it's just a human that you've, like, condensed into a tube, you know, by removing all the inessential parts that don't fit into a tube, (laughs) which, through their explanation, kind of just seems like their face? I don't... Because they remove their brain and their free will. So, yeah, like you do. Just go be. I'm just gonna go become a deck man. Then. I mean, how is that different than us having jobs? Blah, blah, blah. That's fair. Shackety dackety do. All right. Um. So he gives her a robot body, and she decides she wants to become a bounty hunter, and then like destroys her body because of that weird. St- oh man, that guy is so weird. So the main villain for the volume. Which is named uh 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 what's his name Makaku, who is just like a hulking monstrosity in the beginning, addicted to eating brains. 
for their endorphins. Yes. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Eating brains, not just like eating people, but literally cracking their heads open and slurping brains. You know what he would do now? What's that? He would be an Instagram influencer. Get that little endorphin <laughs> hit every every time somebody likes a picture. Oh man, that'd be a great villain, wouldn't it? Just like while you're fighting them, they're posting things, <laughs> and then like. The more likes they get on it, like the more jazz they get, the stronger they get. Oh man! And then he would just be telling you that last punch got three thousand likes. How does that make you feel, Ryan? You're jo- we're joking about this, but I would read this. Yeah, I like know. this Me sounds too. like a really good idea <laughs> <laughs> for a, like a for a manga specifically. Oh yeah, it'd have to be a manga, because there's always a there's what's her face um, Screwball from Spider Man. I found out who's an quote unquote evil Twitch streamer. Oh, perfect. Uh, there's just gonna be more and more in that. That's never gonna go away. We've got that I'm forever okay now. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, it's it's 2019. What are you gonna do? In 2019, I'm really surprised that um, like Technopath is not a more used type. I see more people that can breathe fire than I see people who can communicate with technology. Because you know? we already can communicate with technology. No, but like a dude who can just like Lego things together from nothing, like literal psychic MacGyver. Ah, I think because it's too hokey now. No, it sounds awesome. It sounds better okay. if you throw a bunch of techno babble over it. Fine, I'm the only one that likes this. I guess it's Sorry, such a Forge. it's such an early '90s thing, man. It's Forge, yeah. It's <laughs> it's such a uh, it's not just Forge. It's uh, what the drummer from uh, uh, from Planetary. He's he's a technopath. Technopath or technomancer? No, technomancer he's, he's sounds techn- dope. I think he's like an an in infomancer. Infomancer. I think that sounds like something that uh, Warren Ellis is like, no, 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 that's what we're going to call it. Infomancer does sound like pretty great in, in a like information era. Okay, now we're just we're creating our own things. Uh, okay, back to the book. So the bad guy is huge and he eats brains. Then you find out he's not huge. He's actually very, very small. Well, he's actually like, it's just his head and his um, brainstem and his brainstem. And he can just take over a body. Yeah. And it's weird and gross. It's definitely weird and gross because how did he get in there in the first place? And then and then he goes and takes over the body of this professional fighting guy? Champion. Professional fighting champion. Okay. Okay. Who, who has, hasn't lost in 263 matches Who or has like, like tentacle fingers or whatever. He has uh, blades that are very like blade whips yeah. in his fingers. Perfect. He's... He's the character Ivy from Soul Calibur. <laughs> from Soul Calibur. Those are his fingers are her sword. Yes, that's true. And he's still wearing more clothes than she is. Um, he also has, speaking of, speaking of clothes, he has that weird boar computer <laughs> as a belt. <laughs> is it a belt or is in... it a codpiece? I think it's a belt. Uh, I want to think it's a belt. Uh, I don't know. It's got a very long snout. Don't do this to me. Um, <laughs> Come on. That was on purpose. But it also comes out at the last possible second that it's anything at all because they don't address it the first time you meet this character. It just and looks character... like he's just like, yeah, man, I wear this, uh, I wear this thing on my waist. Yeah, it's like it's okay, cool. cool. He's really he's into animal representation. I guess that could be like a samurai based thing, right? He's got the samurai helmet or whatever. And then it turns out it's actually a supercomputer. <laughs> yeah, but but eventually. Uh, what's his name is not patient enough for the supercomputer and he rips it out. Which was also super dumb, but I guess that makes sense for the character. Because he's a psychopath. 
Yeah. He was forged in the sewers underneath the trash pile that they live in. Yeah, the trash pile under the trash pile. Yeah, double trash. Go figure, right? But they don't actually like defeat him in this volume either. Which, honestly, as far as manga goes, it doesn't always have to wrap up an arc, but it definitely puts more of a bow on this first, on a first volume than this does. Yeah, she doesn't ex- defeat him. She just sort of like escapes, and then it's done. Yeah, well, she definitely survives. Oh yeah, she like tears but... his hands off. Right. She like badly wounds him. She survives the battle. He gets away regardless, right? Yeah. Well, no, I mean, like, it doesn't, I don't know. It ends with, like, her saying, like, yeah, just tore your other hand off with these magic fingers. And it's like they're still fighting, and maybe we're supposed to assume, like, he can't do anything anymore, so she has just won. But we don't get any, we don't get any conclusion. It's it's definitely sort of a, a, a whiplash of events that happen between her getting the new body, then they go to that bar where all the other hunters hang out. Oh, yeah. Well, and and she gets the new body because he almost kills her. Right. Because the first time. So you have to go there. You have to fail once. And then you have to go back for the the revenge, I guess. Classic Mega Man setup. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, true. Although, I don't know what this guy would be. Finger Man? That sounds bad. Oh, yeah, it does. Whip Man? No, that's not better. That's not better. (laughs) Ivy Man. Ivy Man, maybe? No, no, because he's not plant-based. Mega Man is very specific about their master robots. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize. <laughs> Sword Whip Fingy Man. Nope. Nope, that's anyway. too long. Yeah, it's way too long. You can't fit that in the characters that Nintendo gives you. The memory. Uh, so so anyway, he, they do this whole... So he almost kills her. And then and then I, he does like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh, yeah, I remember now. I have this other body that's just hanging out that I never did anything with until right now. This deus ex machina that just, yep. just fell on that our That came lap. out of nowhere. It's an invincible super body. Let's give yeah. it to her. Oh, it looks like a dude. Oh, no, it can it can convert so that it looks more lady To whatever you want. That, I, that part was dumb. I rolled my eyes hard. Yeah, but I mean, once again, it's the 90s. I guess you wouldn't make it, like maybe in 2019, it'd be more androgynous. It'd be like, yeah, you can just make it smaller. <laughs> you know? It's like it's technically like a female representing head. We can maybe ask ask it what they want. Exactly. And then go yeah, from they there. Yeah, they would have they done it with, like, ah, no, it's okay. It can look like a girl, too. Yeah, if if it wants to. We have to ask how they... How do you want... Excuse me, cyborg person. How do you want to identify? Please choose this drop-down from this drop-down list. <laughs> there are 42 options. <laughs> and then... Uh, and then I think my favorite part, which I, I didn't get for a long... Like, she kept doing it with the, the finger thing. And then they explain it eventually in the middle of the fight where it, like, has, like, superheated hydrogen coming out of the fingy tip. That's so cool. Yeah, that's so cool because in my opinion, like actual science to back up your crazy anime nothingness, right? Even even if it is tangentially related. So like the thing that comes out of her fingers is literally how welding works, right? And then the magnetic thing is how um, like there's a propulsion engine based on that theory, right? So she can propel herself that way. And I'm like, Okay, so it's still techno babble, but it's based in real life, and to me, that just means an extra layer of effort went into it, and it's way cooler. 
I, I agree. I like when the, the explanations at least aren't like, oh, we're using crystallic fusion. It's like, okay, that's later. <laughs> I'm okay with crystallic fusion as long as they say crystallic fusion also powers this and this in this world, and it comes from here, and this is generally how it's used and generated. Like, it doesn't have to be real. You just have to, like, at least name another example where this exists in the in this universe, and I'm in. That's fine. I just want to know that it's not for the sake of this one thing that you think is really cool. Like, if you're going to create Technobabble, make it part of your world building. It probably wouldn't be that hard to do. Um, so anyway, they find this... Yeah, yeah, no, they find the body, and then all of a sudden she's very confident and good at martial arts again. Yeah, because her brain had martial arts ability, and now this body can, can keep up with her brain. Right. Also, you get a duster. Because yeah. you're not cool until you have a duster. Oh, man, and a, like a leather bodysuit. True. I think it's called a cat suit. I'm not okay, sure. Okay, yeah, you're right. And then uh, she puts the like robot blood under her eyes. Okay, she said she even doesn't know why she did that, which is, I guess, foreshadowing. Why did I draw these tar lines under my eyes? I just let my body move as it felt natural, and the muscles did the rest. That's dumb for a lot of reasons. <laughs> that was my like weird anime... Uh, internal monologue voice by the way honestly perfect you nailed it don't change it it's great Um, i want to be the guy too (laughs) maybe when you're older uh (laughs) so yeah and then she goes back for a second fight or she tries to get people to recruit to uh to get them to help her fight but then they're all scared turns out he shows up anyway which i thought was like a brilliant stroke in plot development yeah, I expected somebody to like join her and stuff, and she's like, nah, I, I guess guess you guys all suck. I'll deal with this on my own. Bye. And then he's like, don't, don't worry about it. I'm here. No need to waste another four or five pages looking for me. <laughs> I'm just going to show up. It's fine. We'll go from here. And then, you know, they proceed to fight some more, and then things happen. I don't think we need to spell it out further from there, but uh, yeah, I think it was it, it was a lot of fun to watch that kind of whole thing um develop unfurl whatever you want to say and i like the dynamic between alita and ida i think that it's like a good mix of like i said he's sort of like the dad figure like it it definitely seems less creepy kind of like what we talked about because it doesn't ever seem like they make eyes at each other yeah i feel like at some point she like asserts herself and well no not not even i feel like at some point she asserts herself and he's no longer like Oh my tiny child, I will take such good care of you. You are my everything, and she, he's like, oh, "Okay, yeah, we're equals now." Yeah, he does that whole thing where he like they get into a big fight, and then he just—I guess he just blows off some steam and says, "All right, well, yep, it's your life. You do what you want. I'll be here, I guess." <laughs> I, I appreciate that. That was the one he made, not like, "No, I'm going to put you back in that box." You know, like, yeah. It also would have been too tropey, I feel like. It would have oh, turned yeah. me off more. Yeah, no, same. I would have been super bummed. I would have been like, nah, this is dumb. Why'd you guys decide to do this? But also, you know, think of the last 20 years or whatever of storytelling and how many times have we gotten that trope versus if you were reading this for the first time in 93. Well, I think that's one of the things that, that makes this book feel fresh, even though it's, what, almost, you know, it's like 26 years old, 27 years old, uh, is that, like, there are... A ton of places where it plays to tropes and then you expect it to go all the way with the trope and it totally doesn't where it like it, it's almost it's aware of the tropes and messes with you with them yeah and in a good way like the serial killer thing at the first at first and 
I think that that makes it feel much more modern than it is. I definitely think that you're right. I think that the like the general plot, like um, like walking, like the the walking that the plot does between um, necessary tropes that is sort of the glue of everything versus the things that you can mess with and tweak to sort of keep the reader engaged is a good balance. It's not a yeah, it's not a giant twist that's going to shake up the entirety of the story. They're more like twists to make sure that you're paying attention and to give you reasons to keep reading and and sort of resolve things, right? So um, he's not just the guy who built her. He's also, you know, like, oh, all right. Well, he's not just the guy who built her. He's also the father figure. But also the father figure has a secret. Okay, that's kind of interesting. Oh, I guess he turns out he wasn't that good after all. Oh, no, he's actually pretty darn good okay and then other you know so it's like that sort of walking back and forth yeah but it doesn't feel like whiplash it's like very clearly like this is building and building this character and building him up over time you just keep making the assumptions yeah he definitely feels yeah he definitely feels fleshed out um and and complete in a way that even if he doesn't show up in every scene every time he comes into the panel you're sort of you by the middle of the volume you're kind of know what to expect from him yeah. which i think is pretty good character development there real fast mm-hmm. and she gets pretty um, fleshed out too she's got a decent internal monologue and it's yeah, not all I, just who am i that's true she's not amnesiac she definitely has a sense of self which is uh, you know good in both storytelling but also to make sure that because if you put too much waffling into a character, it's it less it becomes less of a I want to figure out my past and more of like a, all right, why do I care about you if you don't even know what you're doing? Um, which I think is really awesome. We should talk about art. Yeah, we should. Oh man, the art in this book. <laughs> One of the things I really like about manga is that talking about you know twenty year gaps or whatever, and there's not a lot of aging to it. Yeah, you're right. Just, this isn't like, oh, this is 90s comics. Right. It feels super fresh. It does, because it's just black and white and screen tone and hatching. And it's the same thing as what Mong is made with now. It hasn't changed at all. It's true. The designs change a little bit, obviously. Like I said, you can kind of look at 90s era um, like manga. They were talking about how um, the uh, the creator of this book was influenced by the creator of Mobile Suit Gundam and another creator who went on to do Inuyasha and did Rama one half and um, basically took a bunch of um, influence from those people. And those are all, I think at this point, you would look at those things and look at and, and view them as being like dated media, whether it's manga or their animes, respectively. Um, so I really kind of expected this one to come out more dated than it felt. Yeah. But it, but it's not. It's it's really good. The backgrounds are insane. When he even uses them, yeah, true. which honestly is kind of sparingly, like in a good way. Yeah, like most of the time, you know, you get not much, but then every so often, it's like picture of everything that's behind her in the sewer, and it's all super detailed and kind of gnarly and gross looking. And then other times, she's just standing against a wall, so all he does is sort of like throw a couple lines in there to show that she's leaning against something. Um versus a couple pipes with some like stark shading and cross hatching to be like this place is uh broken down and, and damaged and 
you know, like he does a real good job of just setting the tone for the space they're in. So he doesn't have to re- rely so heavily on having backgrounds. Yeah, it's true. But at the same time, like, I feel like this is more like Otomo in terms of the amount of detail on a page than oh, yeah, I agree. Like a lot of other, like, I guess, more modern manga. Um, it's funny you said that because I, every time we talk about backgrounds, I always think of the Bleach manga. Okay. Which, which like, famously got a lot of crap for um, for Tite, uh, uh Kubo leaving out backgrounds. And just, like, for pages and pages having no backgrounds. Just, like, people fighting or talking or whatever. Which is, like, works for him. Because the characters ate up so much scenery. But, um, but at the same time, it was just really noticeable towards the end where it was... Wait, where are we? What's happening? All I see are people. I don't see what's going on right now. I think, and obviously, one of the like one of the arcs that they did was in a desert, and so in manga you just have black sky and white sand, so it was really easy to draw literally nothing. (laughs) That's thinking ahead. That's that's planning right there. Yeah, I said every time we talk about backgrounds, it reminds me of that. Um, One of the other things that I noticed, uh, and I don't, it's such a little thing, but. Um, the way that her hair is done, her hair is like constantly moving. It's never just like a standard shape, which seems exhausting. I don't know about that. Like in this case, it doesn't look like it's the hardest hair to draw. I've seen some, you know, ridiculous anime hairstyles. This is sort of just like dynamic movement of a bunch of lines. As long as you know where the hair part is, you can just go out from there and kind of make it do whatever you want. If you don't have to draw it the same way every time, it probably should be easier. Yeah, I want, like it looks like it's just like brush strokes, and and the same when she's wearing the cat suit, and they have like the whole cat suit has like wrinkles in it, and if you really look at the art, it's just like thick ink lines, just like on a page, but but like a quick glance at it is like oh that's a super detailed drawing of like the wrinkles in leather and the light glinting off of it, and then you look really close, you're like. Man, they didn't even do that much work on that. <laughs> right. Oh, man, that's what I love about manga. It's just the ability to like create contrast and create shapes with things that also create like texture and depth and um, like di- uh, movement all at the same time. Just from like, I drew three lines here. <laughs> you know? It's it's so impressive when like a master can like do it and, and feel confident and know that it's going to look awesome. The other thing I really liked about her hair, by the way, is it looks like doll's hair the whole time. It's just so poofy, but also the part is really high up on her forehead. And yeah, she's got like a five head going on anyway. Yeah, but to be honest, that makes her feel a little more synthetic mm-hmm. to me. No, I agree. Which with I think you. was, which I'm not sure if that was the point, but I kind of like that. I like how she, when she starts punching real hard, it shreds her sleeves. <laughs> of course, because it's manga, and that's just how it works. The, the harder you fight, the less clothes you get on. I mean, that's how it works for me. (laughs) Oh, I know. Um, And then, yeah, and just the rest of the art is, like I I said, pretty modern looking for what I expected from this book. Um, A lot of grotesque detail and I think pretty cartoony faces. I was actually going to say cartoony, which is interesting because growing up on, you know, Dragon Ball Z and, and Gundam Wing, you know, you get the feeling that there's basically one way to draw anime. And if you, <laughs> you go talk to like any uh, artist in their in their 30s right now and ask them what their original characters look like when they were 14, they were all they all look the same. Um, because that's kind of what it looked like. 
And then, you know, you start branching out and realizing anime means a lot of different things. But the thing that did it for me was One Piece. When One Piece came out and they had, everybody had like wildly different features. Like even today, you go look at some One Piece characters and you can really start seeing like similarities. But um, even then, like every character is so distinct and specific that it's really hard it's really easy i should say to to tell them apart and i got kind of that vibe from this which which to me is kind of amazing like um ito's head uh shape and no shape and like it's just way too cartoony for what i'm used to seeing in this kind of book from this era whereas alita looks a little more like what i expected but at the same time kind of more exaggerated and then all the background characters all have very specific face shapes and traits and things like that. A, a lot different, I would say, to um, Akira when we read that. Because even though um, Tetsuo looks different than Akira, kind of a lot of people look the same in the background. There's a there's some same face going on in Akira, I think. Yeah, this... yeah which is stylistic. It's fine. But, man, this book, I think, just tries real hard to not go that route. No, I think you're right. I think yeah, the the face shapes I think make a big difference, or, or not even I think I'm I know that the shape of a face makes a big difference in how it looks, and they really vary it up in this book. Yeah, which is kind of hard to do as an artist because it means you have to really keep track of what shape everybody's in, and then you know replicate that on a regular basis. And maybe I'm just bad at it, but that being said, I do think it's difficult. Yeah, that's pretty rad. Uh, so final thoughts. And this book was super fun, way more fun than I thought it was going to be. Um, not because I didn't, not because I expected it to be bad, but because I think I expected it to be um, predictable, and it wasn't. And it was different in a way that I found really enjoyable and really hit that point that I hold dear when it comes to manga. Like it definitely scratched that itch in a in a good way, and I. I would like to read more of it for sure. Nice. What about you? Um, yeah, I was really pleasantly surprised by this. I think I expected it to be kind of dated and kind of cheesy. And it was kind of a, a rollicking thrill ride in a sense, but with a lot of, with a lot of heart. Like I, I really, I ended up caring about the characters. Um, but man, the, the battles and the fight scenes are so fun. They're, I, I almost they said, are. I almost said fun to watch, but, there you go. Like they're so dynamic that it feels, you know, you, those page turns are like, oh, we gotta see what happens. Oh man, okay, you know, just constantly. Like it, yeah, it felt fun to watch or to read. You just had me do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I, I really recommend. I think that you should read this. Oh yeah, you should definitely read this. Uh, and it's not that so, hard. So anyway, read. that was fun. Yeah. Uh, it's not that hard to read. It's available digitally on Comixology. Uh, it's come up a couple of times on Humble Bundle. Um, and it's obviously, it's in print, especially, you you know, it's going to say now a major motion picture on the manga. And you can get it from your old comic book store, from Amazon, from whatever bookstore you go to. I think it's important um, these days that if, I mean, comic culture is, is so big now that, you know, it's easy to forget that these things have source material that are way easier to read than like an eight part, 300, 450 page novel series. You know what I mean? 
Like, yeah, you, I mean, it's no Game of Thrones. Right, but a lot of things aren't... Like, it's not that hard to go buy the first two trades of Captain Marvel, you know, and be fully caught up on that. Or not fully caught up, but be in on it enough to get a lot of the jokes that are going to be in that first movie. And it would take you literally an hour to read. And, and rec- you know, recognize the Kelly Sue DeConnick uh, cameo. Right, which uh, everybody in the theater was like, oh, Stan, nobody got Kelly Sue. And I'm like, all right, that's fine. I'm okay with this. This is how life has to be. Yeah, I was I was happy that Kelly Sue was in it. <laughs> all right, we're, uh, well, let's do some outro stuff. Sure. Um, this uh, name of the show is You Should Read This. Uh, you can talk to us on Twitter at YSRT Comics on Facebook and Instagram. You Should Read This Comics. Um, let us know what you think. Uh, write reviews for us on iTunes. Send us thumbs ups and hearts and stars and all of the various ways that you uh, give us little endorphin hits by letting us know that there's people out there who who are paying attention to this stuff. As you may have noticed, we're not sponsored by anybody like Quip or Squarespace or anything like that, and we intend not to be. But that also means we need uh, help getting out there and you know. Just tell your friend you heard a cool, you know, 50-minute podcast about uh, Alita before they go see the movie. Or maybe after they saw the movie. Yeah. And they don't even have to read the comic. They just have to listen to us complain about it for 45 minutes. Like, that would be... Or when they're like, I don't know if I should read the comic. I'll listen to these cottages talk about it. If it sounds awesome, then there you go. Right. And there you go. And you can kill, you know, one or maybe two lunch breaks if you really need to. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, uh, um, where, Ryan, where can people find you? Oh, I was going to do that, too. Dang. <laughs> you got You're me. welcome. Uh, I'm on the internet. I'm on Twitter at Ryan Roop, R-Y-A-N-R-U-P-P-E. I'm on Instagram. Also, same thing. uh, I write about music sometimes. I haven't done it this year in 2019 yet at prestigeformat.com, but I'm definitely thinking about it. Uh, But I tweet about music a lot and Instagram about music a lot too. And comics, you know, I like those. Alan, what about you? Uh, You can find me at Marginally Talented, M-R-G-N-L-Y Talented, um, on Twitter and Instagram, where you can see the things that I draw, because I draw things sometimes, which I think I am really (laughs) backlogged on. I've been enjoying your your fighters. Oh, thanks. That'll date this podcast, but yeah, I appreciate it. I mean, it's coming out tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Okay. Well, let's uh, give this one the seal of approval and then get out of here. Get the Give it the old heave-ho. All right. Thanks for listening. Talk to you okay. next time. Okay. Bye, everybody. Bye.